Hey everybody, welcome to another episode, number 14 of the Basement Sports Podcast. What's up my bitches? How you doing man? I'm good. Hey, uh, we're really, really happy to have a guest on with us today. We've got Craig Meyer, uh, Pitt basketball and Pitt athletics writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Craig, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, guys. I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for being here. Uh, we like guests because our <laughs> nobody n- wants to listen numbing to us. minds. Yeah, no <laughs> one cares what we say anyway. Exactly. So I wanted to, wanted to start off with some pit basketball, and um, you know we may as well go to the last game uh, against uh, number one Louisville. Well, why do Louisville. you got to start there? Well, because it was the number one team in the country. My God, Goodest, I know. But you know, look, Pitt was down by about, I think they were down five with about nine minutes left. Some things went bad, a couple of bad calls. What was your assessment of their, um, of their performance in that game? Uh, I mean, I, I think they would probably have to, you know, you know, Jeff Cable spoke about this after the game. I mean, I think they came away feeling pretty encouraged. That's probably how I would view it too. Um, you know, where, Early on, I mean, it looked like they were potentially going to get blown out. I mean, they were down d- uh, double digits within the first 10, 12 minutes. Louisville, it didn't seem like it really missed from three. They looked overwhelmed. Um, but to come back the way uh, the uh, the way that they did, trailing by 14, uh, by 14 and a half, and then just kind of chipping away at it, playing really good defense, and then only being down five. And, you know, I don't think, you know, they're – there's understandably been a lot that's been made about that call and the technical foul. And like, I don't, I don't think that that cost them the game. Like, I don't think even if that call doesn't get made, say that in the best case, Audie's Tony gets it, you know, uh, he had Xavier Johnson trailing him. They get two points and they're only down three. And, you know, and the game is, you know, now seemingly a toss up. I still don't think they win that game. I mean, they may even end up losing that one by double digits. But I think the 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 frustration and the anger comes from the fact that, like, you didn't get to see how like how that would play out. Like I'm talking about purely as 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 a as a hypothetical right now, just because like we like what had been a good game to that point, you know, and what looked like it was building into one, like. We like we didn't get to see it end that way, and the fact that the game turned the way it did, it really makes you kind of wonder, you know, or it really leaves you to think that that you know that those questionable calls really played that outsized of, uh, uh, of a role in it. Um, but I mean, I think you know, I think that's also one reason why Pitt can maybe come away feeling a little bit better is as bad as that call was to them. Like you can walk out of that build. Like I think it's a rare instance where you can lose by almost twenty points and come away with it feeling pretty good about your uh, about yourselves. I mean, it capped off a run. I mean, their first ten games they played six Power Five teams and they went four and two in those games. So you know that's a good um, point because what I wanted to say to you was they did they have wins over Florida State, Kansas State, and Rutgers. Now yeah. Florida State's going to be really good. I don't know about Kansas State and Rutgers as far as how good they're going to end up, but I mean they're legit basketball programs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and those were games too. I think especially the Florida State game and the Kansas State one, since they were they were really close. But those were games I'm not sure that they would have won last season. Um, I, I mean, last season when they typically beat better teams, it was usually because they had a good shooting night, or you know, or in the case of the Louisville and the Florida State games. Last year, they got to the line a whole lot, yeah. Um, and those were games where they didn't quite as much this year. Um, and I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that they would have been able to pull out those, uh, those kind of close wins with the team that they had the previous year. I think that, I think that's one area where you can see that they're in older and a little bit more mature of a team. Yeah, it looks to me though. Is it me, um, or is there a there's a really poor lack of size on this team? Like, do they have a legitimate center? Um, the guy that's six ten that they have listed as a forward center, but I mean they're going to get banged around with rebounds. Is that something? Does Capel want to go with a three guard, run and gun, shoot threes type of roster, or he just hasn't found a center yet? Yeah, I'd say it's probably more that he uh, that he uh, that he really hasn't found one yet. Okay. You know, okay. like. Right now, I'd say their best option there is probably Eric Hamilton. He uh, he's a six nine grad transfer. He's you know he's he's listed as a forward on their roster, 
but he's only here for this season. Okay. So it's really, um, so, but I think next year, um, you know, with, uh, with their recruiting class, they've got a couple guys who are more in like the, you know, six, nine, six, or like six, 10, even six, 11 range. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll help them a whole bunch. Yeah. This year, I think it's still kind of trying to roll with the personnel that you have and trying to make the best of it. Well, and one of the things that I noticed and, and, you know, I'm going to kind of like clump a few things together. So you look at how that bad call affected this team. And then you look at a game like nickel state. Okay. After coming off of a Florida oh, state, the Florida state win. And, you know, one of the things they talked about last year is like, well, Capel has things going to be going in the right direction. They need depth. But those couple of instances that I brought up where, you know, they they lost Nickel State. They kind of fell apart after the bad call Louisville. And again, to your point, not saying they were going to win that game, but it didn't get to play out that way. Do you feel like it's it's a matter of maturity? Like this team has to kind of like, okay. These are the things that you have to do to win consistently, and you have to shake off bad yep. calls sometimes. I definitely think so. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was some Cable talked a lot about after, uh, uh, at, like after the Louisville game, where yeah, after those calls, there's anger, there's there's frustration, but you can't let that really overpower kind of determine the way that you play um you know and with you know you, you had talked about the nickel state loss too i mean that was one other instance where they were coming off the big win against florida state a few days earlier and then they kind of lay an egg against a team that's probably not as bad as we thought at that time but still that's a game that they shouldn't be losing it's probably one they right. should win by you know probably at least a couple of of possessions. You know, welcome to um, college age kids. Exactly. <laughs> Coming off a big exactly. one. You see it in football all the time. Some team comes yeah. out and plays a great game, beats a ranked team, then lays an egg the next week. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's something that I, I think he ideally hoped that they would have learned it last year because, you know, they had a somewhat, a somewhat similar situation when they lost to, uh, when they lost to Niagara, which was a really bad team. I, mean, I think that team only ended up winning about 10 games and they fired their <laughs> right. coach. So I I I think he ideally wished that uh, you know wished that they wouldn't have needed uh, this kind of a, a lesson this year because for really most of these guys like they had learned that last year but um, I think now that they're through it you know and I think it's you know especially after that Louisville loss having ten days off I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how they rebound from that um, they're, they're you know I don't know how much adversity they'll be dealt in these next three games just because I mean, I, I mean the teams that they're slated to play um i don't i i think your teams will probably be favored by double digits against each time um let, let me ask you like two questions you can take them in any order or any segue you want the sure the first one would be um i don't other than maybe three or four top teams louisville virginia and duke the acc looks horrible this year um this might be the worst Syracuse team and the worst Notre Dame team I've seen in 10, 15 years. It, so my first question will be when you get there, uh, does, if Pitt finishes in the middle of the ACC, maybe goes a couple games over 500, or A, do you think they have a shot at making the tourney? And my second question would be, what kind of team uh, identity is Capel looking for? Does he want to play, be a defensive team like a Jamie Dixon we're going to shut you down and we only have to score 54 points to beat you, like a Virginia-type thing, even though their offense isn't nearly that good? Or is he just dealing with what the roster is right now? Um, I think I think right now he's really mostly ju uh, just just dealing with the personnel that he has. Okay. Um, you know, like, you know, that was saying in his introductory press conference, he'd been asked sort of what a Jeff Capel team looks like. Right, right. You know, you know like he had said, like, yeah, I'd prefer to play fast. I'd prefer you know which they're well, definitely not doing from. this year yeah. yeah 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 well yeah no which they're definitely not doing this year um okay. but um you know he he preferred to play fast prefer to play man-to-man -man defense he likes having versatile guys which i think that you're really starting to see now they do play um, good defense, with his second oh definitely mm -hmm. yeah no, no no and with his second recruiting class and with the one that he has coming in next year, i think you're starting to see that versatility a little bit <laughs> You know where you get guys who can come in and play and defend multiple positions. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think the identity. Yeah. I mean, he's, 
he's kind of talked about how this team has one where, you know, where it's kind of like that, that Florida State win where they play a style where the games aren't always the most aesthetically pleasing things, but they kind of grind it out and they tough it out, you know, and they get wins in, uh, in, uh, in some of those instances. Yeah. Um, so I, wins. I think that's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so and you're, I, what do you think yeah. about the tourney? They got a shot at getting in this year? Um, they finished five hundred in the ACC, knowing it's a not real good conference. I think the tournament to me is their like ceiling. I don't, I, I don't think they will. I think the NIT is probably a much more realistic goal, um, and really even, to, you know, and really even to make that, they would have to finish above uh, above five hundred, right. which I think they have a decent chance at now. I mean, there are a lot of computer models, you know, and whatnot. And those have those have them projected to finish like two or three games over 500. Um, so I think that, yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, so they would, I, I feel like they'd probably have to win at least 20 games, you know, like mm-hmm. to me, unless you have some really, really impressive wins. Yeah. Um, I think that's usually a pretty clear bar, you know, you know, like that's almost kind of like a bare minimum that team has to clear. Well, yeah. Look Even though you do see some teams get in with like, yeah, right, no, right. no, no, I think that loss will, you know, it, if, if 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 they do end up getting into tournament consideration, I think that's a loss that'll pop up in a pretty obvious way well, on their resume. They got what? They got Northern Illinois and Binghamton and Canisius before ACC play, so they better not. Uh, they, yeah, they better not drop any of those three. Actually, I don't know before. if Northern Illinois is that bad. No, that, that, they're not that bad. No, they're not. I mean, they're not Louisville. <laughs> right. But, yeah, no, but they're like they're six and four now. They've um, the only Power Five team they've played was Iowa State. They lost that game. I'm seeing here by 18. So I think that they're you know, but Iowa State's you know, it's uh, definitely I think right now a better and higher ranked team than Pitt, but. Right. I think for the ACC this year, though, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I'm definitely with you. I think there are, I think at most there are five teams in that league who I look at and think are good. You know, it's Louisville, Duke, uh, Virginia, Carolina, and Florida State. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and even Florida, you know, Carolina's lost three or they've lost three games already now. I mean, Grant, those came against good teams. Yeah, Florida State, I think, is good. But they lost to Pitt, which you know, to me, like I don't think Pitt's a terrible team, but I also don't think that's a, a particularly a good, good loss. loss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but really beyond that, yeah, I mean Syracuse, yeah, Syracuse I'm with, is horrible. Th- th- this looks about as weak as I mean, this about as weak as they've looked in probably my college basketball viewing life. I'm gonna tell you right now, yeah, Bayheim's kids, their best player. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I was about to say that's never shoot, a good sign. You know, last year he didn't play much, and I saw he was on the. He got a scholarship, and I'm like, "Huh, a little home cooking." That's yeah. always nice to get your kid, but that kid can actually shoot. Yeah, he can shoot. Yeah, yeah. Just a question for you about individual player with Pitt. Um, you know, there were there were moments last year that Xavier Johnson really lit the world on fire, and you know, even some were projecting him when he comes out of college. If he keeps playing like this, he's going to be a first round draft pick in the NBA, but, you know, kind of a slow no. start this year, um, you know, had kind of a nice bounce back game, albeit against Monmouth. But where, where do you see his game right now? Is he, is he, you know, with that slow start, do you feel you're starting to see some of the Xavier Johnson from last year and he's going to get it, get it together. Where do you feel he's at right now? I'm definitely starting to see a comeback some. I mean, I think one worry for me right now with him is he, I think outside of his three-point shooting, you know, which which uh, statistically has definitely improved this season, yeah. I think he still looks a lot like how uh, like how he did last year, which, which on the surface isn't a bad thing, but I think a lot of people, myself included, came, uh, came into the season thinking, okay, he's, you know, he's no longer a freshman. He's had all off season to work on, you know, shooting and turnovers and decision making. And he really just hasn't looked better. He looks a lot like how he did last year, mm-hmm. um, you know, making a lot of the same mistakes, still, you know, still showing that at the athleticism and the agility and these like very, very good, like kind of highlight real uh, quality plays. I mean, yeah, I, I think the encouraging thing for him right now, I mean, he's still, you know, 
there have been some kind of stinkers in this time. You know, yeah. he had, you know, he had eight turnovers in the second half against Kansas State. But then, I mean, he's finished with at least 11 points in their past six games here. Um, yeah, and, you know, he, look, he had 20 against score. Rutgers. He is, yeah, yeah. 12 you know, per game. His look, assist numbers are that. good. I, I don't know how they're scoring points. They have three guys that are around 12 to 10 points per game and then another guy that has like 9.9. So they got four guys averaging almost 10, but I don't know where one of those guys gets in foul trouble or, or got exactly. or something. Right. What, yeah. They have no scoring. Exactly, not, yeah. Not a lot coming off the bench. You know, not and no not big, a like big I said impact. before, no big man. These, now these guards are good rebounding guards. I will say, when they're playing defense and a shot goes up from a wing, the off guards go in and get it. They're not afraid to go in and, and get it. And uh, your point about Johnson, it almost looks like he's trying to play too fast. If he would just slow down a smidge, I think he'd make better decisions. Um, but I just I don't see how this team's going to score. Yeah, no, their offense or offensively, yeah, they've been a really. Um, I mean, I think that I think they've improved some from last season. I think some of that comes, uh, you know, comes from adding some, you know, some talented players to, uh, to the mix. I think this team has more talent than it did last season, but right, right. the offense still definitely lags behind this team's defense, though, for mm-hmm. sure. So I want to have you do a little bit into your crystal ball here and uh we already talked about this season you said nit is something that could be in their future but i will just i want to tell you a couple years a few years ago when jamie dixon was still there when they first went into the acc i got into a which you should never do get into a message board battle which you do all the time (laughs) by the way you do it all the time so the the thing was is that this individual said look this is pit be happy with an a rare sweet 16 be happy making the tournament and getting bounced out. This is all this program is ever going to be. Well, we had the Stallings regime and now we got Jeff Capel. <laughs> he's gone after some big time recruits, although he's lost like the, the one kid he lost to the lost to North Carolina. Where do you see Capel being able to elevate this basketball program? Can he get them back to where they were when they were actually, making runs at number one seeds in NCAA tournaments? I think at his best, I think if everything aligns, he could. Um, I don't, I think one thing that I caution people with, with him, um, you know, I would have people hit me up on Twitter or email me and say that he's going to do and even surpass what Jamie Dixon did here, which that I just, I, I don't accept to yeah, I don't want to sound too fatalistic, but I don't I frankly don't think that's ever going to happen again. Like I think that this program could still have years where it's ranked in the top 10 and vying for a number 1 seed in the NCAA tournament, but like under, you know, in Ben Hallen's final couple years and for a good deal of, you know, of Jamie Dixon's tenure at least probably his first 8 years. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they were they were doing that consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they would have some down kind of rebuilding years, but even those down and rebuilding years, they would end up with a, you know, with a spot in the tournament, yeah. a top six or seven seed. Um, I just don't, I, I think Jeff Cable's a good coach. Um, I think he's shown it, you know, this would be the third different school where he's shown that as a head coach, he can turn it into a winner. Um, but I just, I, I, I just think that period of, of pit basketball in that era is going to be, I think almost impossible to fully and accurately replicate. Let me ask you this, because here's my fear. I, I think Capel can create a winner here. It might take two, three more years, but he's, but my, my big concern is he is going to have consent uh, success. And then some other school is going to come calling um, someone that has a little more basketball tradition than Pitt. And I don't have an idea who that may be. Maybe it's going going to a different conference. Maybe some, you know, legit Big Ten school calls. But I, I'm I'm afraid he's going to do do well, and then he's going to leave again. What do you, you does he do you feel like he his, he loves it here? His family likes it here. I don't know much about him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely seems to like it here so far. I think he really likes coaching uh, coaching in the a- in the ACC. I think that's one thing that the, uh, the really made the job attractive to him, even when it was in a very dire situation when he took over. Um, 
I mean, he's someone who lives here with his brother now. I mean, so any possible like decision on his future and potentially moving wouldn't only affect him; it would affect other members of his family. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that would be. I think that's one thing that would definitely be taken into consideration. But I mean, he's coaching in the league that he grew up around. Right. Um, that you know that he grew up following. So I think that's one thing that works in Pitt's favor. I mean, I don't know what jobs are, are going to come open in, in, you know, in the coming years. And I don't know if he'll do well, uh, you know, if, you know, and given his, his success and what he does, I don't know what kind of jobs he'd be a viable, can uh, viable option for. Um, but I do think that jet, that he, I do think that Pitt's in a good spot, just given the league that they're in. Right. Um, to really hold on to him, um, but it would obviously depend upon what places come open and what they're willing to offer. Yeah. And, right. You know, you know, and, and and with coaches and administrators, like relationships evolve. I mean, it may, you know, there may come a time where he and Heather Light don't see eye to eye all, all the time on things. Um, so those kind of relationships are always fluid. Yeah. And, and as we're as we're kind of winding down here, I wanted to ask you a quick question about sure. Heather Like, and you know, I mean. It seems like she's made an impact across different sports within Pitt. You know, I, I don't know how much credit you want to give her, but, you know, we've had the Pitt women's volleyball team, you know, have a good season except a disappointing end. You know, we hear a lot about Pitt men's soccer making the tournament. Wrestling team's wrestling good. Wrestling team's good. Is, is she molding it in, into what she wanted it to be, Pitt athletics? Um, I think so. I mean, it's still pretty early. Like, you know, I think from a facilities and a fundraising standpoint, there are definitely things that she that she really wants to improve on. I mean, she's hired, I think, eight head coaches uh, in her almost, I guess, almost three years here now. So, I didn't know that. yeah. So she's, you know, so she's definitely remade the coaching lineup in her own image. I guess. I mean, some of them, I think, it's maybe a little bit early. Um, you know, baseball, softball, women's basketball. I think even men's basketball to a certain extends a little early right. you know because because i mean but like with a wrestling they've become a you know a top 15 program and she was the one uh, who had uh, who had hired keith gavin their coach right. uh dan fisher was a steve peterson hire so i mean but you know but still under likes watch i think that she's you know i think that she's kind of allowed that uh that program to to grow the way that it has women's soccer. She made a fantastic hire with, with Randy Waldrum, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, where, where, where that program was able to get a, a national championship winning coach. I know Jay Vidovich in men's soccer was a Scott Barnes hire, but you know, kind of same deal with Fisher too, where, you know, where that program is still done well under her watch. I mean, I think the, I think Pat Narduzzi is also an interesting case too, where, if it gets to the point where he starts to kind of stagnate and still is and still isn't able to break through, I mean he's got after this season five years left on his contract. So that, that, I, that, I think you may look back on that deal as kind of a, boy. Did you open up a maybe unnecessarily yeah. long? Yeah. <laughs> well, that actually dovetails into my last question or two. So let's turn a little bit to football. We got the bowl game, really disappointing end of the season. I mean, goodness, lose to Boston College. You know, just really lay an egg at Virginia Tech. Um, although, if you look at Narduzzi's, Narduzzi's recruiting class, he's he's got probably his best recruiting class coming in if everybody signs, although he did lose Parrish today, who decommitted. Um, where do you think where do you think Narduzzi's job is? Do you think if you know, if he were to lay an egg against Eastern Michigan in his bowl game and yeah, you know, is, he is, safe is, is he safe or is there going to be some higher expectations for him going into next year? I I think the expectations for him going into uh, going into next year are going to be justifiably big. I mean, you know, it'll obviously depend upon who, uh, you know, upon who he loses from that defense, like how many of those guys choose to possibly go to the NFL a year early. Right. But I mean, you're talking about a team that potentially could be in uh, could be in uh, in eight win team, bringing back the vast majority of a really dominant defense. Um, I mean, that's a team that could potentially you know have preseason top twenty five expectations. Um, I think, and I, I think that there's maybe some sense that if he doesn't capitalize on that next year, there are a lot of 
justifiable concerns about what he may be able to do and accomplish here at Pitt. And Mm -hmm. again, that, you know, that contract, I mean, he's, if he loses, you know, even going into the bowl game over the past three seasons, his teams are 500. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously one of those did include a a coastal division championship, but I mean, he's a guy who, (laughs) yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, well, yeah, <laughs> they ran all over them for one. That's what they did. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. let me backtrack real quick. Yeah, we got one more question for, for you, you listeners sure. out there that that haven't been to a pit game. I can tell you right now, and I th- this is a pro anacon. The Peterson Event Center is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's a great facility. That's that's the same one thing. Parking, oh my God, is it horrible? And walking up Cardiac Hill is absolutely horrible. So my question to you is. The parking deck back behind the, the event center um, by the baseball field, like kind of across from the baseball field, is that the best place to to park and get into that game and walk down the steps? <laughs> How the hell do you get up there? That would probably be my best bet. So I always park over. Um, they, have, they have immediate parking over in, at the top of the, of, of the O'Hara parking garage. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. I bet say so. That's always a quick walk for me. Yeah, I would say the big lot over by like the cost center and all the baseball stuff. Okay. Actually, you could even park on the street there if you do it after six. That would be free. Um, so yeah, good luck to that, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you got to camp yeah. out like you're like you need tickets for the game for a parking spot. If if hey Craig, when I was at Pitt, if I had all my parking tickets laid out, <laughs> I could probably wallpaper my house. So, <laughs> Well, hey, Craig, we're, we, I, I re- we really, really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we, we've kind of gone a little overtime with you. I appreciate, definitely we appreciate the extra time. Um, would love to have you uh, back on again sometime as this uh, basketball season rolls on. Yeah, no, no, I, I, be, I would definitely be, I would definitely be, uh, definitely be more than happy to uh, to join you guys. Just to hit me up whenever you want. Okay, thank you very Sounds much. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Craig Meyer from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Thanks, Craig. Hey guys, thank you. But, yeah, so, so there we are, uh, Craig Myers from the uh, Pits- Craig Meyer from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette joining us, and yeah, uh, and appreciate that. Really he appreciate obviously him coming has on. talked to Jeff Capel a few times. Uh, he knows about his situation. He know kind of knows what you're looking to go for. And I, and I think everything he said is right on. He doesn't have any big men. So he has to play this three-guard, run-and-gun, good defense, and jack up some threes. Um, so, I mean, to Capel's credit, we'll see. Because other than Florida State, Kansas State, and Rutgers, he's got right. some – he's got four wins over nobodies. And he's got three kind of nobodies coming up in the next three games. Um, but again, everybody does that. Everybody schedules cupcakes at the beginning of the year. Um, you're trying to get your rotation set. You're trying to see who's going to play where. Right, right. And they all count towards your 21 season. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Except for maybe slippery, <laughs> the exhibition game against Slippery Rock. But well, what's wrong with Slippery Rock? Nothing. And they won that game by double digits. So and they're trying to get the Rock to come to Slippery count. Rock. <laughs> so let's. Um, we've talked. Uh, well, it was great having Craig on and got to talk a lot about pit basketball. Uh, talked a little bit about pit football. Uh, I don't think there's anything more to talk about them and their disappointment for this year. But, um, you know, college football season wrapping up. we got the Army-Navy game coming up this Saturday. What would you think of the conference championship games? From uh, other weekend? than the Oregon upset, and honestly, I, I didn't think that was that big of an upset. I thought Utah or Oregon could win that game. Um Good, but I, I don't. I don't think anybody, and I mean anybody, should have a problem with the Final Four. I understand some people want to go to eight, maybe six, in the first two seeds get a bye, blah blah blah. But they got the right Final Four this time. There's no more, you know. Who's be- your national champion? I'm not betting against Ohio State. I'm sorry. Really? I know Clemson has never lost since last year. They're good. They got a great defense, but I think Justin Fields is going to win the Heisman. Okay. And you know how college football goes as the quarterback goes. He does right. not make turnovers. He doesn't throw picks. Um, that was championship game against Wisconsin. Wisconsin took the ball and went right down the field. Right. Ohio State took the ball, and, and they just went bing, bing, bing mm-hmm. down the field. Now, right. they said that uh, the defensive end for Ohio State Bar- what's his, um, oh, is also up for the Heisman. But I'm going to tell you right now, 
don't sleep on the running back. I think he's better than Ezekiel Elliott was when he was at Ohio State. He is impressive. Dobbins. So, huh? Dobbins, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think he's amazing. Yeah. So th- I think they do have a lot. They have a ton of speed. Um, it looks like you could throw the ball on them if you can keep their pass rush off you. Because right. NC's, or, uh, Wisconsin did. The first drive, they threw it all over. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't care who you put one, the argument of LSU over Ohio State. I don't, I don't care. They're going to play each other if they both win anyway eventually. So um, I, I know Clemson, in my mind, I think you can't bet against Clemson. But I, I just think Ohio State is head and shoulders the best team in the in the country so far this year. Out of the three teams, which of those teams have the best chance of beating Ohio State? Which which of the other teams are best put together to to give the Buckeyes a run? I think Clemson. Okay, their big boys up front will stop. We can maybe be able to trade, uh, stop Dobbins for a little bit. Um, but again, Ohio State does a nice job of isolating him. Um, Dominique's fake reverses and fake, and then a bubble screen. The next time they hand it to him as he's going in motion. But I think Clemson's defensive line might be in the best shape. LSU has a good defense as well. I, I, so, who knows? And I love Ed Orgeron. Um, mm-hmm. that, that guy got screwed a couple times when he was an interim coach and he came in and won all these games and then they let him go. They didn't want him. Um, right. But he's a good old boy from the South and he right. sounds it. Right. And uh, <laughs> you can say what you want, but he's put together a hey, good team. they're winning football games. They, and they got a really, really good team. They got a good starting quarterback. You well, know. and that's it. I, I honestly think that quarterback is a little overrated. They keep saying he might be the first one taken in the NFL. Burroughs, who, you know, entered the transfer transfer portal from Ohio State. The Ohio State University. <laughs> and then they went out and got Fields, who entered the transfer, transfer portal. So now there's just like a uh, – there's now musical chairs. Well, there's n- exactly. There's now a lot of lot of ways to better your team, and that transfer for p- portal is one of them. Right, right. But um, Pitt should look for a tight end. <laughs> Pitt needs a quarterback. They haven't. Uh, well, I name think, a quarterback that's even worth his salt since Palco, and I'm not a big Palco fan, but he won. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but they don't. Marino was a great quarterback. Huh? What happened to him? Yeah. Um, and I get it. You're not going to get a Marino every five years or every two years, but they've had no quarterbacks. You telling me Palco is better than Flacco. I, I'm not buying it. No, he wasn't. But but the, see, co- the coach loved him. Right. I find it interesting. I find well, I'm not gonna get into some of the deep recesses of my mind as to the whys, but you know, I, I think that one of the things that you got Kenny Pickett and I, I, I honestly think that for a large portion of the season, Pickett was hurt. Um, I think both shoulders were injured at one point. Um, well, then he shouldn't have played. Thank you. Um, you know, but I'm not sure. I, I hear a lot of good things about uh, Bevel, the, the redshirt freshman that they got from uh, who came, played his high school football in South Carolina, I believe, um, that they really, really like. Um, did they redshirt him? Yeah, they did. But I, well, that's I just, why he didn't come in, right? So yeah. I, I'm just, <clears throat> you know, the thing is, is that, you know, Pickett's going to be back there next year. Yeah. How much rope do you give him? Oh, well, exactly. That's you my know, point. It, it, I don't think he's he's so good that he just come in and say he's my starting quarterback no, no matter I, what. He's got to come out and say, listen, we're 500 team. Right. We'll see who wins the quarterback job in the spring. Make them both work. And just like what Craig said, expectations on Narduzzi next year are going to be big. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying I disagree with that, but I don't know why they would be. Um, he's he's he hasn't done anything. He's never got a quarterback. He he won the ACC and he beat Clemson and then blah. He laid an egg after. Yeah, that. with mostly Paul Chris players. True. That's you know. true. Um, the other thing is, is that. He's starting to, and we talked about this with Craig a little bit, was the, the defense that he has. And he's, he, he came as the former defensive coordinator of Michigan State who had an outstanding defense. Every year he was there. there. Yeah, so 
is he starting to – did he start with the defense and he's getting the pieces in that he wanted to build a defense? But Maybe, but if that's your if that's where you're coming from, then you got to hire an offensive coordinator that's an offensive guy and let him run. Right. You can't try to build an offense. Well, for one thing, like Pitt lost a lot of guys off their offensive line from last year. They did, okay? and their best defensive and player was also out for the year. So the thing is, is that you don't just – in a program like Pitt, you just don't replace the offensive line like that when you have, like, not mass defections, but they're just so many of them are gone. Okay. Yeah, very, so, and that's where you need to start to build a program. Right. Too. So, so you need, like, when you've got a team like Clemson or Alabama where the second string offensive guard gets <laughs> drafted yeah. in the NFL draft. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's. That's the kind of program you eventually need to build. He's not remotely there yet. No, he's not. He needs to find five linemen, and then he needs one swing guard and one swing tackle. So he needs right. seven linemen. He's never going to have two at every position like Alabama does. Right. Not at Pitt. And Pitt can run the ball on any one, on any day, at any time until this year. And right. I think a lot of that was and due that was to it. the offensive and, and And the thing is, these defenses knew that we couldn't run the football. And that's... You know, right. you're, you're not going to beat teams in the ACC. Kenny Pickett is not going to beat teams. He's not a drop-back throw at 40. But here's the problem. He also is not going to win throwing 45 times a game. No. So even not. though they were only getting one or two yards, you can't just let the defense pin their ears back and come at them 45 times. That, that eliminates the play-action aspect, right. which Pickett can actually do if you give him a time, a play-action pass, and he can throw it over the linebackers. Right. Well, a couple of probably Pickett's best two games this year was Penn State and Georgia Tech were probably his two best. Games. And I can tell you, Penn State didn't get pressure on him. Mm -mm. They did not do a nice job, especially the first half of putting pressure on him. And he right. stood back there and he made some nice throws. And Pitt was a terrible, terrible red zone offense. Like they could a lot of field goals, a lot of. Especially on fourth and like one, from inside the, one. the five, fourth and one yeah. from the one. Or how about first and one, first and goal <laughs> from the one? Still can't get it in the end zone. So they didn't have a bruiser back there. They well, didn't. They, have they didn't a, have the lineman. No, you know they need bring back Henry Hynoski. You know, just, just start pounding. You just guys, need a you know. fullback in there that yeah, dumber than and and, and you mix. had no you had no threat at tight end zero, like our tight ends were horrible. And so there was no threat of anybody being able to run down the seam. and Or even turn around on third and four. Right, exactly. Just take two steps and turn around without trip over your laces. Right, right. So, anyway. Um, so, and then the other bowl game locally, Penn State plays Memphis. Yeah. Uh, so, I think Penn State's a seven-point favorite. Yeah, I don't, I haven't game. looked at Memphis much. I don't really care. I don't know how Memphis, They. I don't know how they're going to draw Um Penn State's like the Steelers. They go, they're, that's a great draw no matter where. Oh, they went to the Rose Bowl. I think Penn State has an argument that they should be playing Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, but it's Wisconsin, right? So it's it is Wisconsin, Wisconsin yeah. Mm -hmm. Both have two losses. Right. Um, I guess is it because Wisconsin ended up playing in the Big Ten Championship? It's was because that Wisconsin why? was leading at halftime. Okay. This is why it was. So the, the bowl committee came out and said. Okay. And honestly, Penn State did not stop Ohio State. Ohio State had turnovers going mm -hmm. in the one-yard line. They fumbled. Penn State recovered in the end zone. Right. And even though Penn State moved the ball a little bit, um, every t I think Ohio State had five drives that went at least 90 yards and ended up in a turnover of points or touchdowns. Right. They couldn't stop them. Right. So I'm not going to argue, sit here and say they really blew that one. Um, but, you know, they just signed, they re-signed James Franklin. Um, yeah, his five, contract. five year extension. And some people are upset about that, and their offensive coordinator just got hired to be the head coach at Old Dominion, right. Ricky Rain. I got to tell you, it, I know Penn State fans are a little delusional how they should be playing Alabama every year for the national championship. Winning 10 games every year and going to the, a New Year's Six bowl game, making millions of dollars for the Big Ten Conference, getting a good recruits. Um, always being at the top of the graduation rates in college football players, it's okay. Re relax right. a little bit. Right. Maybe if the breaks go your way and we get some seniors that don't leave early and they've actually, James Franklin also believes in getting a lineman once, once in his tenure. <laughs> Is he going to recruit some linemen? I doubt it. <laughs> I think he's happy with just 
big old beef eaters. He, I think he gets them out of the cafeteria. <laughs> um, but 10-2 and two every year for Penn State, and they beat either Michigan or Ohio State. Now, I don't care if they're 2-10 and 10 as long as both wins are Michigan and Ohio State. Right. I could care less. I'd be, I might be happier of the fat than the fact they're 10-2 and two and going to a New Year's Bowl game, but I'm going to tell you, it's not that bad. There's, right. there's plenty. You're gonna Pittsburgh survive. would yeah. like to go ten and two and go to a New Year's. Love Bowl. to go ten and two. And there's a lot That'd of other great. teams out there that right. do it. So, I'm 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 very happy. I I don't think Franklin's a good game day coach. I never have. Mm-hmm. But he's he might be the best recruiter in. He's in a really good the recruiter. country. He's a really period. good recruiter. Um, let's move on to pro football, shall we? Uh, sure. That's whatever. Duck Hodges. I will not talk about the NFC East. Okay, but Duck Hodges. Quack. Quack. What do you want me to say? Yeah, he's, he's won he another wins. won another game. He's not killing you. Yeah. <laughs> the defense won another game. Yeah. Um, a punt that, return won the game. That's a really good defense. It, they're flying around to the ball, but again, it was Buffalo. That's that's. that's it was Arizona. Ar- and Buffalo they all, is this week. This week, yeah. So w- what I meant to say was, Buffalo now also has a good defense. Right. So I think Duck is going to have to actually lead them on some scoring drives. Right. Right. Um, and I think and Schuster's not playing. And I think that they're going to have to run the football. Uh, they, there's no doubt because yeah. Buffalo will. They have a great second. They have a great secondary. I mean, and they have Buffalo's a good, a really good, good pass secondary. rush. I mean, yeah. their defense is legit. Right. Uh, now, I don't think they're going they're going up against another guy that nobody wanted. I mean, he, he came out of college. He was like, oh, he might be the first player taken in the whole damn draft. Right. Well, then he got traded already. I mean, we'll see. Let's just let's just see. Um, I'm not convinced Pittsburgh's going to do anything. Six seed, five seed. When you look at well, I, I think it would be a big deal if after what everything that happened, if they made the playoffs. I think, I think it's the best coaching Tomlin has done yeah. in his whole career. Right. Because I don't care who you are. Although I have a lot of people who still say fire Tomlin. I know. Like Go win a game in the National Football League with your fourth string quarterback. Yeah. Not only one. Not two. Three. Yeah. And he came in and saved he the bacon against someone against else when he didn't start. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, remember, he was cut because they had Dobbs was their number two. Right. And then Rudolph. Right. So, they like Rudolph enough that they traded Dobbs. And now, all of a sudden, Rudolph goes down. Ben goes down. They're on their fourth string, once cut Sam with an M, Ford, quarterback. Not right. Stanford. Samford. Samford. But he holds all the records. Yes, that's great. He holds yeah. all the records. Sure does. So did Steve McNair at one time. Well, so, you he know, beat Steve McNair's so, records. So, yeah, he beat all Steve McNair's records. Who, that that division. And I think there was a quarterback from the NFC East who is now retired who was an undrafted free agent who had a pretty good career. That'd be Tony Romo. Yeah, that'd be Tony Romo. So He's a better, he's a better, better broadcaster. My question is, if he knows what play is going to be run every by by sitting in the booth, how right. the hell didn't he know it when he was behind the center? Did he? <laughs> why didn't he just get him some platform cleats so he could see from a higher ground? What? Uh, the guy obviously can see what's coming from the booth. Must, he just needed a higher viewpoint, apparently. And I don't want to talk about the. I'm a cowboy fan. You guys know that the Eagles. Yep, we all know that Giants game. <laughs> <laughs> set pro football back 10 years if you watch that, that was debacle. that was awful the giants I was had a 14 off. i was dozing i'm off. sorry 17 three lead at halftime on the eagles and with eli manning coming back it was a great story his family's in the press box clapping nice job eli a couple bombs they had 27 yards of offense in the second half <laughs> 27 not the set first drive the the entire second half they had 27 effing yards the second half. So I don't want to hear it. I don't care if Dallas wins a division. I don't care if Philly wins a division. They have no prayer beating teams like the Packers, the Niners. Uh, name the other playoff teams. Maybe yeah. maybe Minnesota. So who's going to So you you don't want to talk about the NFC East. Who's going to win the NFC East? <laughs> I think Dallas is still going to win it because I think Dallas with is going to beat with a losing record. Eight and eight, maybe eight and eight? seven okay. and nine, eight, eight and eight. One of those two are going to be eight and eight. All right. There's no one going to be better. Now, Eagles play the Giants again, but God forbid it's at, it's at the Giants. Yeah. And they just lost to him at home in overtime because they called 14 screen plays and 15 plays and the Giants couldn't figure it out. That's what the, that's how they moved the ball. Screen plays. So. 
I want mm-hmm. Dallas to lose. I want them to go six and ten. You want me to send you, draft send you another Cowboys cat meme? You think that? <laughs> you think you're the only one that sent me that? That was horrid. Well, I I can find that for every NFL team. So right, I, they're all I, on I there. Sent, yeah, I sent them out to, including my friend, sent out the Detroit Lions. So, well, um, we've had another uh, uh, another Spygate since last time we <laughs> talked. So, Bill Belichick summary, says he didn't mean it. In summary, so in summary, uh, an advanced scout. Which every team has advanced. Who scouts. do you work for? The advanced the scout. Advanced scout was works for the Patriots. Oh, the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. But but here's the thing. So Patriots. everybody has an advanced scout. Sure do. Multiple. So they they've got craft productions as part of Wait, their well, do your job. As There's in Robert Kraft. As in Robert Kraft, Mister. What massage, team does he own? Mister Massage Parlor Visitor. The Robin Tug. Mister yeah. Robin Tug. Yeah. So so this is what sounds so screwy. So. They're, they they tell they get a press credential from the Browns, okay. But they don't tell the league and they don't tell the Bengals that there's going to be this video crew filming the advanced scout as part of this documentary. Do your job documentary, <laughs> yeah. right? So piecing together the story, the Bengals one of the Bengals media people watches what's going on in the booth. And he notices on the monitor that there's a lot of camera angles on the Bengals sideline. Eight minutes worth. Eight minutes worth. And can you remind me again how many games the Bengals have won this year? One. And you're advanced. You're trying to cheat against a one-win team. They don't have. I don't think they have any tape against this coaching staff. <laughs> but remember, the first time Who they cares? got busted back in 2007 was against a four and eight Jets team. Yeah. So you know. So, so anyway, uh, Bill Belichick has come out and said, I've had nothing to do with this. I've, uh, but, but in the past stories about the Patriots, these were all the excuses that they had laid out already. Tell them you're part of Kraft Productions and you're doing some kind of documentary. Thing. These have been their excuse. And I think the most damning quote about all this was apparently the cameraman said, just let me delete that right, part, that's right. and and we're all good. Yeah, we'll, like, forget all like, ha- we'll forget we'll it for, happened. We'll forget it even happened. Yeah, that's just holy crap. I, I mean, said that one time on date night. <laughs> just let me delete that last part. That's not real flattering. I won't put it on the internet and charge people <laughs> dollar a month to watch it. I mean, I'll tell you what it means. You're busted. That means you're busted. Yeah. When you say shit like oh that, you're busted. I just can't, I, you know, and, and the, the excuse, the excuse making just like and it, you, you don't, after everything that you have done, you don't get the benefit of listen, the doubt. No, I mean, and, you it's just all, don't. and why is it always the same team? It, it's just like how many friends, co-workers and acquaintances have you ever known committed suicide? Okay, the answer might be for most people two, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton has fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Now it's always <laughs> someone. At some point, does somebody just stop and go, well, "Wait, that's it." Can't all be the same team? It can't <laughs> always be the same group. It, it, he, uh. They're so guilty, and you know, Roger eat a bag of dicks. Goodell has said nothing. Yeah. Uh. My favorite person. Well, no, he has. He, he said. He shit. said. He said the invest. <laughs> said that they 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 still uh, you know just paraphrasing here they still have some investigating to do, <laughs> but you know nothing. Nothing's going to come out. Yeah, of this. appreciate it. But but here's what's interesting. So first Spygate, Spy Spygate 1.0. All, all right. right. What the NFL do? Destroyed the tapes. Supposedly. Yeah, destroyed all we the don't tapes. Know. Okay. But supposedly all the tapes are gone. All right, they destroyed them. The Bengals have the original. The Bengals still have the original. Well, the and NFL they didn't has last copy. time. Right, the right. NFL has it. And you know what? The Bengals are going to hold this, and I I think Mike Brown's going to tell the NFL. Maybe they can get a first round draft pick out of. Them. <laughs> well, uh, they're going to. I call yeah. Belichick and say, "Listen, buddy, you lost your first round draft pick again." Yeah, again. Um, or we'll just take Brady. For one year. Do you think Brady st- hangs around? 
You think this is his no, last year? In I New do England? not think he will be in New England anymore. After a, this they're year. no good for one. He's finally the writing's on the wall, and I don't know if it's because he's finally hit his age, like he should be, or I mean, he has no receivers. But yeah, he, yeah, none. He has one Edelman. Edelman, yeah. And their linemen, they're, they remember they lost their starting left tackle and their starting center. And they're actually getting like pick plays called against them. You know, they're actually well, getting and, some and again, they have not gotten the breaks that they always no, do. No, but they to don't. see the and Patriots whining. Oh, about about ab- the Chiefs and look about the granted, Chiefs called. Kelsey Kelsey fumbled. That, he did. that was a fumble. Well, and, and they called it a fumble, but they they called back a they blew the whistle and they called back the, a touchdown. Right, right, right. They blew back and then. That he was not out of bounds. That the receiver was a went in for a touchdown yeah. with nine minutes left in the game that would have tied it, and they called him. But once but. again, Bill Belichick lost his challenge because he challenged a spot for a first, first. down that was a half a yard difference. Right, right. Good for you, dumbass. Yeah. Welcome to the <laughs> world of Jason Garrett. <laughs> Welcome to my world where, you know, fans, they showed fans fighting in the stands. Oh, Patriots I saw fans. That. I saw that. Not Patriots Chiefs fans, Patriots fans. Patri- well, welcome Patrick, to being Mark's pa- favorite team. Patrick Mahomes' girlfriend. girlfriend. She had to be taken to a safe space. Yeah, and his parents. Harassed. Yeah, yep. they asked yeah. to be moved. They, wow. they didn't feel safe. Yeah, so Patriots lose for the first time in what, 40, 400 games at Foxborough, and they start fighting amongst each other. And they're whining about calls. Yeah. Well, somebody, somebody on Twitter. Anyone ever heard of the Tuck Rule? Someone on Twitter—they named just, it after just them. Just a genius. Just, just he, he, th- this person, he or she, put together this video montage. Basically, said, "Oh, Patriots fans, you're pissed about getting jobbed by the refs. Yeah, is this your first time?" And then <laughs> put the first, the first Tuck Rule. No, 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 no. Jesse James. That was the, oh, the first Steelers the first time tight the end. Steelers got screwed. Yeah, he wasn't. Then there in. was a game. There was a game that the Jets got screwed. The Bills got screwed. The Tuck rule. All this shit is like, you know what? Cry me a river, dude. They have that hitting the quarterback late. It's called the Brady rule. Oh, and then they had that um, the replay from last year's AFC Championship game. Yeah. When they when they called yeah, him for right. unnecessary roughness, and he hit Brady in the chest. Hit him for in God's the, sake. Hit, damn near hit him in the belly button. Yeah. And then hit oh, him in the nipples. <laughs> There's now a penalty for hitting someone in the nipples. Only Brady. Yeah. Only I mean, Brady there's, for there's penalties the now that they actually, the sportscasters call it the Brady rule. Yeah. yeah. Hitting a quarterback late or low or whatever. I, good for them. I don't care. Well, but, do no, you, I, don't, I don't think Brady's happy. And I read somewhere where they put their house up for sale. Yeah, and then he, he put Edelman in charge of one of his foundations yeah, or something right. like that. Yeah, right. Like he wasn't going to be yeah. around to run it. Yeah, so – yeah, it's going to be interesting. To, you know, to then then it'll be there'll be all that uh, speculation during the off season. Like, where does where does Brady end up? I I don't think he's as good as he was. I certainly no, don't think he's done. No, but no. you lose Gronk and you lost all your receivers except Edelman to injury and two linemen. The only thing that's saving their ass is Defense. the AFC East is still horrible. It's horrible. Well, not as they, better than the NFC East. Well, yeah. <laughs> so is this everybody. year, so is everybody. Yeah, but um. How much time we got left? Because we need to go into the pens. No, we we got we got a good uh, we got a good solid five six minutes left. All right, so, so uh, the Penguins. Here's my question to you, because you're the hockey guy, I and I and I have a. They're actually they're actually playing right now as we speak. So but okay, we'll, we'll, get that well that's my point. You know who they started in goalie tonight? That's a great question. I can. Tell I you know it. Who did they start? They started Jari again. Again. Yes. Wow. So here's my question: Doesn't that mean that they considering him their number one goalie? At this point? At this time, yeah. I mean, you At c- this time, I'd say he is. If, Mer- if he's not in goal now, right? I mean, why would Jari be back in goal unless they felt that he's their number one goalie at this point? Well, Jari played. Did you just bang the microphone yeah, stand? No, I, the springs <laughs> on the boom. That sounded twang. So, sounded like so, guitar. <laughs> so, yeah, Jari, let's just face it. Jari's playing better g- He's playing his goals right against now. average going into before the last before game. the I Montreal game was best in the league. Yeah. And he he now holds the Penguin record for most consecutive periods or saving time goals without without without, without a giving up a goal. His head. Yeah. Without during sh- a shutout time. Yeah. So he holds that record now. I mean, he is. Play- I mean, it's like you've always heard about about goalies. The, hey, the dude, puck looks like St. The, Louis. Yeah. The puck looks like a beach ball you know he's seeing everything really really well now do i feel that he's going to be able to continue that all year no all right 
I think that the, the key for an NA, a successful NHL team is that you have two really good goalies. All right. And I Penguins think that's won, proven. Penguins won two Stanley Cups that way. Yeah. Murray and Marc Andre Fleury. But you, know? you also got it. The only you get into a groove by stopping pucks is is by seeing pucks and speed. You got to play to be good. You can't sure. sit on the bench for a week and come in and ex- everyone expect you to well, shut out somebody. So you've got, you know, you've got Jari playing tonight, and I think is there a score? Can you get no, there's no score so far. But right. I think that, I think that what's going on is, Coach Sullivan wants to see. Okay, Jari had a you know a good start to the Montreal game, set that record, then. Gave up three goals. Well, okay. Again, I want to see they, how he. Jari was back. not helped out by my favorite Mal- Malkin, and he was not helped out by uh, the Tang. Right. And why Simone is still on this team is he has to have pictures of it, well, the Penguins' upper management compromising. <laughs> they all did hookers and blow at the same <laughs> party. And Simone somehow got pictures. He's Simone, horrible. No, they want to see. He's how, effing horrible. They want to see how many times he can miss the net. <laughs> That's what they're. They want to see if he can set that record of how many times you can actually miss. Dude, the there net. was a game last week where the goalie was on his stomach facing the right, and he came in and got a puck in front of the circle and shot it, and he hit the goalie's skate and didn't go in. The goalie didn't even turn around yet. It was that quick. And he actually fired one off the goalie's de- skate. It did not go in. And I'm like, man, this guy can't buy one. But I, I think he's horrible. Yep. But Latang and my buddy Malkin, who has been playing well in Sidney Crosby's absence, turned the puck over on multiple occasions when they against that Montreal game. Right. He right. Went, Malkin went back to try to do his three-on-one, get to the blue line, stop. And then thread the needle, and he passed it right to a couple of them that, that led to some odd man rushes. Right. Uh, the Tang tried couldn't clear a puck for no. a three minute pant spam when they started to score. No, and I I, I can tell you that in, it, in comparing Jari and Murray, I think Jari handles the puck behind the net better than Murray does. I think he's a better puck handler. As he might far be as a better helping, skater. As far yeah, and, and helping out his defense. So I I remember a former hockey coach that I knew. Uh, talking about goaltenders, and he says your goaltender needs to be one of the best skaters on your team. It makes sense, you know. He really well. Good skaters are quick for one. Right, right. And Left, right, back behind the net, get back in front of the net. Right. I mean, he did get. Didn't he give up a wraparound against Montreal? Yeah, it was. You and know, I think he, he got hit a little bit. He was out of all, position. I, I, but to your point, his defense didn't help. It him did not. Not at all in that game. And you know, tonight they got the Columbus Blue Jackets in town. You Who know, just beat all, Washington, I believe. I believe so. So, you know what? We'll see how this goes. But, I mean, the Penguins had a, had a nice little run there. They're not going to win every game. They lost to Montreal. Montreal was pretty desperate coming in. And they're in. still banged up. I think up. they were on a four. Yeah, and they're banged up. They're, Crosby isn't even back. No. You know, they're, there's not even, he's not even skating yet. So, <laughs> dude, they lost their, like, four of their top Hornquist is still out. Hornquist is At the still beginning out. of the year. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, it, it's look. There's some, you know, they 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 got get some guys healthy. Rust is back. You know, I don't know how long Hornquist is going to be out. You miss Hornquist because he's such a shit disturber in front of the net and just, you know. Well, the he, fact he is, can, he goes in front. He of the goes net. in front of the net, right? And uh, he gets Ashton the Reese ugly, he needs gets to the play ugly better, goals. right? But you know, the young kids, they brought up another kid today, and I don't know why. I was listening to Mark Madden after work, and that's how I knew Jari was in goal. But they brought up another kid tonight, and he wasn't going to know until after five o'clock what that meant, and I didn't hear it. Right. So I don't know. I don't know what. There might we'll find possibly out. Another we'll find injury. out. We'll take a look at it and see. Maybe somebody just wanted to sit, or you know, something's going on. So anyway, we wrap listen, up another hour. Yeah, please listen to that interview. Um, yeah. Thanks so much again to Craig Meyer from the Post Gazette. Yeah, Craig for was a great us. guy. Um, yep. Leave some comments. Uh, we are going to talk to him again later on, probably closer to the end of the basketball season. We'll see how Pitt does. We'll see if, if uh, they improve at all. And the, the ACC is bad this year except for the top four teams, so they have a shot of being in the middle. Right. Whether that means they're going to finish 500 or not, I think they actually have a chance to do it um, because they can win at home and they're 2-0 and on a neutral floor, even though the 
two teams were YMCA teams if they beat on neutral floor. <laughs> but um, I think they got a shot if they take five or six teams from the ACC this year. Right. Right. I don't so think they're going to win. No, any, and, I, and I agree with Craig. I think the NIT is it's probable where they could, where, where they could get uh, to. But so. please, if you have any more questions you want to ask about Craig next time he's on, if you uh, have anything you want to talk to us about, let's go. We will continue to put our picks down. Yep. Give us a like on the uh, on on iTunes, please. Also, um, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter. Hit us up. Ask us some questions. Swipe right on Tinder. Suggest. <laughs> <laughs> suggest some other Please suggest some other right. guests we could have anybody that's out there listening would like to come on be interviewed on the podcast i will tell you this there's out. a young gentleman that's a journalism major um and he his mom knows people i know and he listens he listens to every podcast we do okay he lives right down the street here sweet and uh he has begged to come on so we gotta Let's make do that. that we gotta make Let's that do happen. that we can absolutely make that and happen. he knows hockey Better than we do, I can tell you that. So next time we come on, we'll be talking about the Steelers and the Bills and what comes of that, and also uh, discussing uh, all these local sports, pit, pit hoops, the bowl games, etc. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.